Welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities podcast. This is episode 11. Coming at ya. It's a recording though, it's not real time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ryan, I'm your host, and I have two co-hosts with me today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, hey, this is Tori Kamal, the audio bloke. And also with us, we have... I'm Jacqueline Yurick. I'm not the audio bloke. <laughs> yeah, that's like the third third month in a row with that joke. Every time you say that, Tori, I'm like, I, I need to figure out a way I can summarize myself with one word. And I'm like, I can't I know. do that. I, I'm, I'm, the... I'm the crazy guy. I'm the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm the business nerd, I guess. There you go. Like, <laughs> it's like... It's like we're three quarter or three quarters, three fifths of Voltron. <laughs> Third Voltron. Man, I'd take that. <laughs> I, that's an awesome rating system. We're three fifths Voltron. How many Voltrons? Voltrons. How many? So we we actually Voltron got. Do you get? We got four fifths of a Voltron on our on our on our lonely review of our podcast. Wait, wait. Here's a, here's a, four out of five Voltrons. Here's the question, though: Is is are certain ones more powerful, and would we, would we do we include the pink one right now? Mm, there was a no. pink Voltron. Yeah, well, Alora, the princess. Oh, why do yeah. women always have to be pink? Seriously. Honestly, I don't know, and it that's um you know stay tuned for my Minnesota Monthly article in oh. the new year when I discuss why everything for women is freaking pink. <laughs> okay, I have a, a little. Sh- story we haven't even got started really yet but um minecraft has been on my plate the last the last month or whatever and um my kids are totally into it and i suggested to my wife that maybe she should express a little interest because they are really into it and i and i said you'll like it and she said it's not pink i won't like it (laughs) (laughs) was she facetious or not yes well to a certain extent i mean she knows that it's probably not her type of game but she was saying that it was you know it's not girly enough is what she was you know, joking about, but gotcha. I thought that was funny. Anyway, I do too. Uh, it's been a, a, a crazy month. We're actually recording a little late this month. Um, I, I was sick for a bit, so I appreciate you guys postponing. And then Turkey Day gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy month, I think, all around. It's kind of, you know, that end of the year thing. People are scrambling. So there's less days, and the days are shorter. And Skyrim came out. Yeah. And Skyrim came out, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if this was going to be a Skyrim podcast or not. Well, I'm not playing it, so <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add to I don't have time. Well, let's let's start with Tori then. What have you been up to, Tori? Well, actually, I've been playing a lot less Skyrim than I'd like to. Um, I took half the day off of work when I uh, when, on the day it came out, and I played the crap out of it. And then I've managed to get in like a couple spots here and there, but mostly I've just been doing audio, trying to clean up one of my projects so I can really launch into another project that's an undisclosed project taking place here in Minnesota. Um, and, uh, oh, okay, anyway, but doing a lot of voice acting. And um, I also went and saw this really cool podcast that at NPR that's just starting up. It's called Top Score. And Jesper Kidd, the composer for Assassin's Creed, was there, and they did an interview. And they played some of his music, and it was actually really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. And obviously, being an audio guy... I was able to nerd it up a bit and get my geek on. So, no, it was cool. <laughs> so and, you, well, I'm just curious how that setup was. Is it like you get to see the booth and, and oh, there's like it, a... This was set up to be a live uh, event for podcasts. It's actually for classical 
radio, though I'm, I, it wasn't broadcast live. Uh, it's just you know, it's a podcast. But it, it, the audience is sitting in chairs, sort of like stadium style. Um, um, and then the two people are in the front with with uh, two two headphones or uh, two mics facing the audience. Okay, cool. Uh, this isn't yeah. the. Um, is this a podcast dedicated specifically to like music and video games? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think. Like, I don't know if I'm not to plug them, but the Joystick podcast, they interviewed a woman that I'm pretty sure was from Minnesota and The Current. And she was, they were talking to her about her new podcast and it was, it was video games and music. And they were asking, you know, like for, I believe it was in association with NPR, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like how her business partners or whatever feel about her doing video games and music and stuff. And she's like, well, to be honest, it's one of the most popular things they have. <laughs> so well, I'm wondering if it's the same thing. That's, that's cool. All right. What's it, well, what's it called? Uh, it's called top score. Top score. Okay. Now here, here's a, a little thing that I always like to bring up for classical musical snobs. Classical music was the pop music of its time. So if anybody gets all studi, just be like, look, you're just like really old pop music, so whatever. Here's some Britney Spears. Joke on it. Right, totally. I, I. That's how I justify my Keisha thing that I have going on lately. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, three hundred years from now, Keisha's going to be classical music. <laughs> oh. Wait, are you talking about Kesha or Keisha? Uh, Kesha. Oh no. <laughs> oh no see you can't you just you just yeah so you can't well there's good and then there's bad <laughs> i'm just kidding who am i to point fingers at i own a britney spears cd i have a jessica black tattoo <laughs> who was that rebecca black you mean yeah rebecca black <laughs> oh no i spelled it wrong Oh no! <laughs> oh, it says Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the day before, the day before the weekend. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. You got to see like a like a live show, yeah, podcast thing. Yeah, I think that's going to become a sim a somewhat popular sort of thing because even like so, you know too. prairie old home companion and all those they end up in podcasts and yeah but uh, no she, she did a great great job interviewing and he was really interesting guy and th what's interesting about him is that he essentially started off music for video games and because a lot of video game uh, musicians like for the composers come in from film or something like that and it wasn't until he was established in video games that he actually started doing some scores for movies so um you kind of see that video games are really starting to come of age at this point. And, and the fact that NPR Classical has a podcast about video game music, that's another huge step. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. I think that's great. Yeah, it is the same thing. I just looked it up. It's top score. So The, 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 the Joystick podcast where they talk about um, mm. music and video games is actually a pretty good one. They've been doing a good job. Better than us. I think they have a couple more listeners. They have two? <laughs> the joystick podcast. Yeah, we do have one listener confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, I was going to say. Two. Oh, no, go ahead. Two confirmed listeners. Two. Two. Who's the other one? Somebody's one uh, of our moms. Yeah, no, no. I was the, the uh, I want to say his name is Bill, like the gentleman I had coffee with a few months oh. back. Cool. He's also a listener. Oh, awesome. So we do have two. 
Loop two. That's we've doubled our listenership. I know. I know. That's pretty epic. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. No. No, not at all. So yeah, so that's exciting. And I just wanted to interject Skyrim. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely stunning amazing. That's yeah, it. Tw- Twitter kind of became Skyrim bitter. <laughs> it totally did. Oh like gosh. it was it was out of hand. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in my stream not playing it at the moment. <laughs> I <laughs> I know I tweeted at you that like that I'm I'm on the same boat. It's, like it's just crazy. I'm tired. I'm just scrolling through Twitter. A lot of Skyrim. Which is great, actually. It's amazing. Um, what I think is really impressive, actually, about the game Skyrim is that, like, um, in regards to video games, especially console, mm-hmm. like, the idea that that a single-player, story-driven game, um, RPG, is a really hard sell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then something like Skyrim comes out, and it does 7.5 million in its first week. And, yeah. You know, that's just impressive. I mean, it's, it's it says something for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, if it hadn't been, um, you know, is it is it Bethesda or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. If it hadn't been Bethesda, though, who knows? But that's cool. But you know, they've been steadily making better and better games over time, so they've they've earned it. Yeah, and, cool. Um, okay, but I, I'll I won't talk about it anymore. Hey, I did have a question for you. Uh, you had mentioned Zombie Driver. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I I had thought you had meant that the game was out. Is the game out? The game is out for PC, but they're... they're uh, the news they're was making... that it was coming out on Xbox. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, well, and they're, they double the size of the game, too, for the release. Okay. Yeah, I went and listened to it again a couple of days ago just oh. to hear you... Uh... <laughs> I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was something like, hurry, run to the chopper. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> something yeah, the, like, the doctor. Something, yeah, something like yep. that. <laughs> I it... did listen to that, and it was really yeah. funny to hear you. Like, that was, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was funny. <laughs> you had said that you did all the voices, too, right? So everybody, yeah. everybody talking is you, even like the commander and the, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Except, <laughs> except for my wife. She did the women. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it, I only, it's I only heard the guys in the trailer because I watched the trailer that you yeah, mentioned watched, and it was oh yeah and it was and then I watched a couple of the other ones and it was just funny, loved it yeah and, uh, oh thanks yeah so you know it's supposed to be slightly tongue in cheek so mm-hmm. um to fit the mood of the game but yeah it, it was a blast it was a blast cool well done and thanks for watching that folks I appreciate that gets the hits <laughs> yeah now if they can only what have you been up? Oh, what are you gonna say no you better just lead that in again there. Tori. What? Oh, I was just going to say, Jackie, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Um, well, you know, the end of October was the IGDA Leadership Forum in LA. So um, I was there and that was actually really good. I, I have to say, I really, I really like the like uh, conference events that the IGDA does. And I'm not just saying that because we're in the IGDA podcast, but I, I think that um, in terms of like the size and the intimacy of them, it's just great for networking because it isn't like GDC in San Francisco where there's like 10, 20,000 people there. It's like just a few hundred people. And so you get it, you get an opportunity to really talk to 
you know, people like for and have really good conversations and you don't feel like you're going to, from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, I really enjoyed that. And I, I actually had a chance to speak um, to Jesse Shell, and I don't know if you know who he is, but um, he teaches at Carnegie Mellon and then he also owns Shell Games. And uh, he's also written a book called The Art of Game Design. And then he created this like lenses, like a deck of a card deck of lenses, you know, to kind of. And when I was first thinking about starting my company, I bought the book and the the deck. And so he was sitting next to me at at, um, this breakfast that we were at. And he was also the keynote speaker that morning. And he's hilariously funny. Like he's just a really witty guy and I'm like okay just give me a minute so I can just fangirl you for just a minute <laughs> and then we can have a normal conversation like <laughs> like I totally have your cards I totally read your book like, you know, like <laughs> um and then what was super cool was that you know I told him a little bit about what Seant is doing and he's like he's like we need to have a follow-up conversation because we're also doing an episodic game and us episodic people need to stick together and we totally <laughs> bro-fisted. Nice. <laughs> right on. Did you literally bro-fist? We literally bro-fisted. It was right. awesome. Yeah. So I bro-fisted Jesse Shell. Achievement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no achievement unlocked, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool. Hey, so the the leadership forum, uh, just to to clarify, like I read that and it, it sounds to me like it's where the leaders go, but is this like more, it's like a meeting where you leaders are presenting or talking? Well, there's a lot of, um, studio heads there. Yes. So a lot, but there's also like a production track and then, um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's a good number of like actual studio heads at the so and, and a lot of the sessions are geared towards um you know becoming a better a better leader. There's like a whole track on that. Okay. Um over the course of 2 days. So yeah, I mean, but there's there's like designers there too. But yeah, you don't have a lot of um you know, um that that's what I that's what I was expecting it to be. I didn't look into it at all, but that was yeah. sort of what I expected, you know, an, a leadership forum to be. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I I went to the one in San Francisco last year and or the year before and it was um it was also really good. I mean, that was a, that was probably the most productive. I mean, that you know, cuz at that point, you know, a year ago, we were just kind of starting to kind of get our feet wet in the industry. And so what was super great was um now a year later how, you know, people remembered us and like they knew, you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that was cool. And that, um, I felt like I was really part of the industry at that point. So that's, that made me feel really awesome. Cool. Cause like last October it was like, <laughs> hi, I'm this person who's never made a game in her life. <laughs> well, except when she was 10 and she made that Mike math game on the Commodore, but that doesn't count. <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So yeah, so um, you know, a year later, and and so that's kind of nice to to feel like part of the family. Yeah, it's neat. It's, you're definitely lucky to be able to attend those sort of things. It would be neat. Or well, I shouldn't say lucky. I should say smart to have positioned yourself and. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like luck has nothing to do with attending those events. Yeah. <laughs> like, but no, I you know, in terms of like 
I mean, one of the one of the challenges, obviously, we have in Minnesota is that there isn't a lot of game industry here, and the game industry here is kind of um, fragmented. I guess would be a word to use. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's important for you know someone who's really seriously considering creating a game business in Minnesota to be sure to be present um, at those events outside of Minnesota, because it's important that the industry knows that you exist too, mm-hmm, you know? That's a good point, yeah. And that's always been part of my strategy in dealing with, you know, cause you can feel really isolated out here. And, um, uh, one of the things I found is that the industry itself is really, I mean, they really want to help you for the most part, you know, people are just super nice and, um, you know, give you advice or whatever it is that you need. And, uh, and so it's, it's important to make those connections. And I think a lot of, and I wouldn't just say this is in the game industry, but, you know, whenever you're trying to create a business where there's no, you know, local community around that business, you really need to figure out how you can be part of the greater community. Right. Have you found when you're there and they ask you like where you're from and you say Minnesota that they're like, huh? No, not at all, actually, because, um. There's, you know, there's a couple studios in Wisconsin and, you know, there's small indie studios all over the place. So they're not, they're not like, why are you in Minnesota? I mean, every once in a while I'll get some person that's like, why would you have start your business in Minnesota? It's like, cause I live there. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why we started. It wasn't like, gosh, you know, I feel like starting a business, I'm going to move to Timbuktu. Like, you know, it's, it's never like that. It's like, I live here. So that's where I started my business. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, you know, it's every once in a while we get, and it's usually like, not to stereotype, but it's usually like one of those, like, kind of like analysts, like biz dev guys that's really dismissive and, and it's always a guy. And uh, <laughs> it was like, why would you do your business in Minnesota? It's a stupid place to do business. And you're just why like, you're yeah. wearing pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, but you, know, you just kind of nod and smile and yeah. <laughs> find someone else to talk to. You're like, oh, thanks for the input and yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, Ryan, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, um, a lot of stuff, I guess. I, you know, so many things to talk about. I just have to pick and choose. <laughs> um, well, if you had to pick and choose. Well, I guess, you know, freelance related. I have been working on a um, a project with uh, with Rob from Battery Powered Games. We actually put bleeps. I wouldn't say on hold, but it's been pushed to the side. We've got a, a different freelance gig. So been doing some art and stuff for a, oh, cool. a mobile app. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We were talking about, like, why... Um, so many like developers that we know that that we've met throughout whatever that that make it like say an iPhone game and yeah. maybe they make one maybe they make two but eventually they don't seem to make games anymore they just are now contractors mm-hmm. and the reason is because you make a lot of money being a contractor <laughs> in comparison sure. to it depends on the games you make of course but yeah you know I'm, you don't have to worry about the marketing too I suppose right well it all depends like in this case you know the people contracting him you know and he's contracting me to do the art or part of the art um so you know it's a, it's paid by the hour and you're kind of guaranteed oh, wow. and you come up with an agreement and versus you know you put your game out there and depending on how you do it and we'll get into that 
in a bit, given what last month uh, the meeting was in November about freemium versus paid apps and stuff. But yeah, it's just it's interesting. So been doing that. It's it's like a photography setup thing. I, I tweeted some funny pictures. I don't know if anybody saw them, but it's uh, I don't think I saw those. I did see the wonderful picture of, of your your wedding, though. Yes. But oh, the, I did. Yeah, I made it under awkward family photos. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I didn't see this. I have to see this now. <laughs> I do want to say your wife is epically strong because she's pushing over a tree. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, she tried to get on Ellen with that photo. She thought <laughs> that, that photo is hilarious because Ellen has a segment about bad wedding oh, photos, gotcha. or she did a couple years ago. But it's it's not the best photo our our photography guy that we hired is was quite humorous you know what though i I, it's really not that bad though i mean compared to some of them so i was like it looks like i'm bending her over on a tree (laughs) it does (laughs) it's a very awkward photo it is and i've got like a funny grin on my face like (laughs) i win yay achievement unlocked push that tree over (laughs) She is. She's really strong. Yep. So, <laughs> like one-handed too. Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. I'm, all the things I'm not saying right now. Yeah. So you know. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, yes. Photography of funny things. Um. The arcade cabinet is coming along nicely. Uh, although, I put a pause on it because I've been sick. But I got the and maybe part of my being sick is because I finished polyurethaneing it. And it takes quite a bit of time to do that. And I've never mm. done it before, so I learned. And then when it's cold, it's not good. So I actually ended up beating, uh, building like a um, heating hut in my garage where I stuck a space heater and I had like um, insulation and sleeping bags and stuff wrapped around my cabinet so I could paint it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, that's, I think I, it, it was interesting. I got it done though. And it's, I'm sanding it sort of now and it's, it's so smooth. It's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, so that's coming along pretty good. Um, trying a couple places to get it like a home for it, and trying to come up with a way to make money to help fund it. So expect some more news with that probably, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Otherwise, um, did I did I tell you guys I was teaching a class on on games? No, were you, no. Were you teaching? So I, I work for a, a company called Computer Explorers. Like it's a it's a side gig. Um, I found them on Craigslist, and and what what it is is it's specifically for school children, so cool. elementary, cool. right? And so I've I've taught a couple of classes before on robots and and whatnot. But what got me interested is that my kid took a Scratch class, and I'm like, I could do that. And what's a Scratch class? So Scratch is a like a game maker program that MIT made. It's relatively oh. simple. It's usually geared towards kids. So, but anyway, so they, so programs or companies like Computer Explorers, they offer classes and schools. What schools do is they sign up kids and you pay the school and then they pay a company like the one I work for. So if you're, and you don't have kids, either of you actually. So what ends up happening is you get these little booklets of all the local classes you could take. Mm. Like you might see them in the, in the community. They might have classes for, um, helping seniors learn Facebook or something, right? Well, it's the same sort of book, except it's for kids with regards to, um, in this case, technology stuff. 
Cool. cool. That's super cool. Yeah, so this class was called 3D Video Game Design and... I think that might have been it. 3D Video Game Design. So yeah, it was a four-day four class, hour and a half each. Uh, or it took four weeks, one day a week. But um, it, it was an experience. I think I learned more than they did. Well, I so. think that's part of teaching is, you know... Yeah, Every I time you that. teach something, it's like you totally learn something that you never knew before. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I learned anything about games, I would say, but I learned like how kids are different, not mm. interesting, <laughs> and <laughs> annoying, and easily distracted, and, <laughs> and hard to manage, and not on task. And... Why can't you guys be adults? <laughs> <laughs> But I will say, okay, so my the, the class was, yeah, right. Why can't you be adult Wait, and be on dad? But you're, you're a dad. Like, I mean, this should oh, yeah. be a surprise to you. Oh, I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm also, you know, live in my own little computer world in my head. And so shit plays out that way. And then when it actually <laughs> happens, it's totally different. And I'm thrown for a loop. Yeah. And no, your children are perfect. So no, you know, having no, no, to deal no. with like other children. It's I just know totally... how to, I know how to deal with my kids and. It's like I can't, I can't smack around other people's kids. <laughs> well, you know what are you supposed to do? Like a kid, he he, you're in a room. It says no gum. He pulls out his gum, and I'm like, you can't have that. And he's like, can I have just one piece? And I'm like, no, you can't. You can't have <laughs> gum in here. And then he puts it in his mouth. What are you supposed to do? You know, game over. Yeah, and so I you end up having to be this you know tough like teacher guy, and uh, he I'm just not that guy. I like to be the let me tell you something interesting kind of yeah. guy. You know, the annoying uncle. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, it, it went pretty well. Um, there, was, there was a girl in the class, actually. And, um, oh, she was awesome. She was so into it. Like, the first day, she, like everybody's just kind of exploring the program we're using. And, and she goes, what? They have rocket launchers? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I love it. So awesome. And then she ended up, jetpacks! <laughs> and so she ended up with this like alien with a jetpack shooting rockets around. And I'm like, awesome. That was great. And so anyway, so the, the class went well. I, 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 um, I was happy it was over. <laughs> I was not. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it was stressful in a certain way. So the the program and the laptops I have they're not the best, I would say, but they're they're geared for the right age, I guess. So teaching what I thought would be mostly like here's some really interesting subject matter on something very specific really ends up sort of like babysitting while they just do something they follow the instructions on. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what age were they again? So this was this was uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Okay. Yep. So I think there was like four fourth graders, um, couple fifth and a seventh grader or something like that. So it was good. You know, it was good. Some of them were definitely into it and stuff. And it's funny too because being in a school, um, schools are really uptight about like guns mm-hmm. and stuff, right? As whatever right but this program we use has missile launchers and machine guns and actually one of the tutorials is put machine guns on a car and then shoot the targets which <laughs> which apparently is okay right and I, i'm okay with that i mean you know it, it it's a matter of perspective and stuff too but trying it's a delicate line you have to do but what sure yeah. what happened at the end of class is i 
the last day they had to, I told them they needed to give me a game pitch when they came in and then I would approve or deny their game or (laughs) And of course it didn't happen. It didn't happen that way, but that's what I told them they had to do. And you know, the, the descriptions was, I don't know. I thought I'd make a game where you drive a car and (laughs) like, well, what else do you do? I, you, you have to hit the targets. Like, okay. (laughs) You know, he knows how to do it. So go do it. That's fine. But this one kid said like, I'm going to make a, like a, a swarm game. And I'm like, oh, okay. And this kid had been like really into it. Like he had, he knew what he was doing, right? And so I'm like, okay, great. I, I trust you. You know, I've seen what you've done. I'm, I'm excited to see your game. And so he's a very low maintenance kid. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I went and looked and he's literally shooting small boys <laughs> that, are, <laughs> that are swarming around. And I mean, he had some spiders and some aliens and stuff in there. And I'm like, oh, snap. Well, I guess we have to burn this game and you get to take it home. <laughs> but yeah, you had, a, you had like something like 10 or 15 of the little kid characters running around and you were in the chat. <laughs> I was like, oh no. I can't. Oh my God. Yeah. So I got cut off guard on that. Hopefully that doesn't <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> that is really awesome. All right. Well, then, um, I have one other like sort of interesting story. I know I had talked about Minecraft a little bit, um, last month, and and anybody that I talk to like about Minecraft, I'm like, have you heard about Minecraft? Have you played Minecraft? Have you tried Minecraft yet? I mean, Minecraft. Come on. It's there's something about that that is really interesting, even though there's no game there. Um, I know Tori, you had said you had tried it like a year ago or whatever, but actually, after talking to you some while ago, I fired it up again. But I just, I never have, like, time to play video games at all. It's so, it's so frustrating. But, um, yeah, I'm in the same yeah, so I've, played I've, I've, I've somehow found the time. Mainly it's watching TV, but anyway. But not compared to my kids, because my kids are totally into it. So what happened is that I had originally bought and purchased um, one account for Minecraft and for them to share, because they had brought me their money to buy it. <laughs> and um so i bought it for him and we were all kind of sharing that one account in the house because you can do that you just play on a local machine and you're sure. just in your own world um and so we were doing that and they were so into it that i bought a second uh, account so that they could and then i showed my old elder son how to launch the server and and then had my other son all right type in this address and then they ended up in the same world together right so i thought they'd have a lot of fun and they did for like a couple days but what happened is um because the way the servers run on the computer my son uses is the machine got turned off and turned back on, so the IP changed. Cause the oh. So they tried and tried and tried and couldn't get it to go. And so what happened was um, they found a video on YouTube where the address was listed. Oh! And so gotcha. they, were, they, they were playing in one of the worlds out on the wide web. Sure. Um, and so I went down there it's in the basement and I was observing, you know, cause they have always got something to show me. And, um, I was observing my son and he was running around using my account, which is quantum Ryan. He's running around punching somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I got to get this guy. And I'm like, where are you? And he's like, well, hold on. I, you know, I'm, I got to get this guy. Cause if I kill him, I get his stuff. <laughs> And I don't have anything. And he paused, like, for, and he paused, 
my son paused his gameplay long enough to tell me this. And so the guy he was chasing after and punching noticed that he had paused and like turned around and just was looking at him at this. And this is the point when Aiden then jumped back at him and punched him some more. <laughs> and so I'm like, Aiden, you can't do that. You can't do that. People don't, <laughs> you know, if you're whatever being playful with somebody, there are cases, but this person was actively running away. <laughs> so, Yeah. So he knows how to find servers out there now and type them in, <laughs> join them. So I thought that was funny. So he's out there representing me on some Minecraft servers. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, he went around destroying houses with TNT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just part of the charm of the game. Yeah. I mean, Set that... it up and someone tears it all down. Yeah, that's what happens when you put it out there. In, in the, you know. So that... that... That's what I've been up to. Oh, that, and I bought the the humble indie bundle. Oh, sure. And haven't I played one of them, the roguelike game, for like an hour, and then another. I found another thing. You guys both know what the the humble indie bundle is, right? Yeah. But there's another one out there now called the Indie Royal. And it's I haven't same, heard of that one. The same kind of concept where you you bid and and um, there's four games and a bonus game or whatever. But so there's another one. I bought that. Thankfully, they plug right into Steam because that's as far as I get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, have either of you done the latest Humble B- Bundle? No, I haven't. Oh, no, I have not. I just, um, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, so what's really interesting is that it's called the Introversion Bundle, I, I think. I'm going to have to confirm that real quick. Yep, the introver- Introversion Bundle. And they're the ones that did the games um, Darwinia... Uplink, Multiwinia, Defcon. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, um, the, this company is super neat. So it turns out all their source code for these games is out there. Like you can, you can. So, so part of the bundle is you can actually just download a tarball of the, of the source code for these games. Oh, cool. Right. So you could. I'm like, that's neat. And then it turns out they have a whole like. SVN repository dedicated for people who are modding their code or using oh, wow. it and everything. Wow. Along with like dedicated wiki site to how things work and it looks like community run to some extent. I'm like, holy cow, that is awesome. So is. I'm, I'm going to give a big old thumbs up towards the uh, the introversion software as a game developer because I thought that was really neat. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess in other words, you could go and get their games for free and compile them yourself hmm. so i think that stuff's kind of neat I, I i wonder sometimes how much you know the effort um and you know your community base is something that's good to grow it's questionable how that impacts sales or not well you know if you take um like like uh, elder scrolls though i think that has a lot to do with why the the pc community is so vibrant on that system because like the day that Skyrim is out, there are already 20 mods out there, and the SDK isn't even out there. So yeah, it's so definitely that, neat. Yeah, and now there's there's well over 2,000. Um, <laughs> so has somebody remade the first level of Mario Super Mario Brothers yet? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But no, no, I don't think that I don't think they've done that yet, though. No, I don't think you can do that without the SDK. Okay. Which is uh, due to release in January. Anybody cares? cool <laughs> yeah i think that you know in minecraft's case like actually trying to find the game there is is kind of difficult 
like it's really neat and as, as an explorer kind of thing but what what you're supposed to do is never told to you right the only way right. you'd ever know is if you went and actively read the internet for what you're supposed to do or what you can do which i think is is kind of like it's really good like the, the way minecraft tickles me is it's sort of like this discovery thing sure yeah and additionally you have to go get the materials to do it now if you play in this in the one mode but um it, it's it really it's neat that way but what's is broken is that it's not the game that's teaching you it's you searching out otherwise sure and that's not a bad model but i think in this game it's not quite right but whatever but there's some really interesting like a lot of um i guess you could call them mods where it's like people make maps and they explain to you the rules before you play the, their map and oh, okay. it might be like you can break trees and um these things but you can't break stone or dirt or something right mm-hmm. you can craft swords but you can't craft pickaxes you know and then you have to play their map with these limitations on top of you which i think is cool that there's like role playing to a certain extent in that sure yeah i th- i like that rather than turn this into a minecraft versus skyrim discussion <laughs> though <laughs> we could probably roll into the meeting we had a big meeting in november and um, I'm sorry you missed it, Jackie. And you had like, I know. You were, like double booked again. No, you were you had ended up sick. Yeah, I ended up ill. Like I had um, well, I don't I don't think it was a migraine, but like it was a miserable day. So let's put it that way. And so coming and hanging <clears> out with <throat> us on top of that wouldn't have been good. Well, tell me about it. So <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had to pass, which was a bummer because I was kind of I was really looking forward to it actually, but you were kind enough to send me the videos, so it was like I was there. Yep. And um, okay, I should I'll, I'll tell a little story. So the last meeting there was actually three presentations. There was um, Chris who did a presentation on Kickstarter, Damien and David they did a presentation uh, with regards to sound that they're trying to get in a presentation for GDC. And Aaron did a presentation on on freemium uh, games, and that's the quick summary. And so Damien and David, what they needed as part of their uh, GDC presentation, because they're they're trying to get accepted as a presentation to GDC, is they needed videotape of them presenting together. And so they got they they got Zach to let them do a quick presentation, and so they presented a small little preview. And Damien asked me if I could get him video of presentation and so that's partially why you got to see it so soon jackie is because i actually went through the trouble of getting the tapes in and then exporting them out and so part of the way that the video works is that i record with my video at the back of the room with just a junky um you know microphone and the nerdery records the 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 presentation with their um cameras or computer systems and the actual microphone of the of the thing (laughs) And so I was hoping that the nerdery would, and I talked to Matt about it. I'm like, can you get me the video super soon so I can do this for Damien and David? And Matt's like, yeah, you betcha. And so, you know, the meeting's Wednesday. I let Thursday go by to not be annoying. And then I message him on Friday and I say, hey, friendly reminder, don't forget, it's Friday. Weekend's coming. Can you get it to me? And he goes, funny story. Uh-oh. <laughs> After the, the presentation, I went home, and then I went to the emergency room and had an emergency appendectomy. 
Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I had one of those. That oh, was, really? yeah, that yeah, happened I've to me. Yeah, I heard it hurts like hell. So, so I responded with, um, damn you, you promised. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, that, that, I said, that's not a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'll just give, you know, Damien and David what I got and, and you know, not to worry about it. But um, so it took him a while. I mean, he came back to work or whatever and I left him alone and it took me it took him a while to get the video to me which is understandable because I'm sure he was backlogged and annoying IGDATC guy it's not <laughs> at the top of his list but um he eventually got me the tape but man I've been fighting that damn video for days trying to get it edited together and I'm not having a good time mm. so it's just been a comedy of errors so that's why it's not posted yet but that's how you got a sneak peek at the stuff. So the nice thing is you were able to see the presentation for the most part. Yeah, it was, well, it worked fine for me. So it was almost like I was there, like I said earlier, but not quite. It, it was like the IGDA in the comfort of my own home. <laughs> it's like you DVR'd it. Totally, yeah. So I was able to play the SWOTOR beta and um, watch the IGDA and like get all caught up. That was exciting. Should we should we delve into the, the your your Swotor take or should we probably we... should before we yeah, get down to the yeah. Well, the um, yeah. So the NDA has been lifted, so I can talk all about it now. And um, I I mean overall, it's you know it's an MMO. It's a good game and it's fun. Um, I'm rolling with this beta guild right now and. We're trying to do some of the end game stuff, um, but it's a little buggy, um, which is to be expected, really. Uh, I had, in a previous build, I had a level 50 scoundrel. And um, in this build, I have a level 50, which is max level um, Jedi shadow. And what's cool is I'm wearing light armor, but I can tank. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I have like am I this kind of hybrid tank spec, um, and I, one of the things I really like about the Old Republic is how the different classes um, they've kind of re reimagined your typical like tank healer DPS kind of thing, right? So um, there are strictly DPS DPS classes, but like my scoundrel, for example, can stealth and she can also heal. So, and my shadow tank can stealth, but can also tank. So, um, I don't know. So there's just like some fun things that you can do. And because you have companions, um, the, the first, you know, 50 levels, you know, as you're leveling up, you play through this story and it's very Bioware, um, you know, fully voiced acted kind of thing. And it's interesting how the different characters have different, personalities like the scoundrels like really sarcastic and funny she's got all the classic like han solo type lines and mm -hmm. you do like all the han solo kind of stuff like as you level up whereas like my counselor is like the most uptight awkward boring <laughs> kind of character ever she's so mary sue because i'm playing light side and it's just um it's pretty bad like i've been uploading these romance videos <laughs> to <laughs> to youtube and oh my god the the romance for the my consular is just so awkward it's so bad <laughs> i don't i mean it's so bad it's funny you know it's just like 
she just has no game. Like, no <laughs> game at all. It's just so funny. And there's this one part, I just have to share this, because it's like, so it's like the kind of, you know, middle part of the romance, like, they finally sleep together, right? And, like, they get, like, you know, it fades to black, and then it comes back, and then, you know, she basically says, thank you. Like, (laughs) 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 just like, seriously? Like... (laughs) Is that weird? <laughs> I mean, after all the begging, aren't you supposed to say thank you? <laughs> but she's not begging. That's uh-huh. the thing. So it's just, it's just really, it's just, it, it's just really funny. Whereas, like, you know, my scoundrel, she's got a guy in every port, pretty much. She can flirt <laughs> with everybody, and it's um in in their in her main romance is actually really cute. It's you know. Um, so it's like, it's just, it's, it's really funny. It's just, it's really, really funny. So the thing I like about it, you know, it's worth playing at least, you know, even if you don't want to play, um, you know, monthly or whatever, it's worth playing to play through the stories. It does really feel like KOTOR 3 and, um, and, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, once you get to 50, because you said you saw the the video, like, there's really not a whole lot to do at max level right now, except like PVP. And because um, a lot of the instances were bugged, so we couldn't mm-hmm. do those. So the only really way to gear up was to PVP. So you spend a lot of time dancing. Um, <laughs> this you know, is, while you're waiting for the... Oh, waiting for something to happen. <laughs> While you're waiting for the queue to pop, you're, right. you're 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 dancing around the PvP terminals, and um, yeah, that happens quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I watching the that some dude with a big giant gun dance was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the like the, <laughs> those assault cannons are ginormous. Like, and yeah, they're just kind of waving them around like it's a glow stick or something. It's just <laughs> yeah, really weird and funny. So, can you play as like a Jar Jar? race or uh no so there's like humans um miraluka marilyn's um what are the the guys with the spiky heads that i can't remember the name of their race okay uh and then uh chiss and like cyborg is technically a race although i don't i mean they just look like humans with implants on their faces (laughs) um and twi'leks i think that's all of them but like there's other races obviously like like you know are in the game um but there's no there's no jar jars um cuz i think with the lore like we don't right. know that they exist yet at, at this point in star wars lore the gungans where did, um, what, what when does it take place it takes place about i think 3 or 4000 years before um the first you know, the Phantom Menace. Okay. It's a long, so, long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's and it's about 300 years after the end of KOTOR 2. Okay. So that's kind of where it's taking place. So there's, um, you know, many references to KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 in the game. Um, I won't spoil any of it. And then, um, yeah... And then there's also, you know, nods to things that will happen in the future. But, like, you know, you go to Alderaan because 
you can. And there's organas there, you know. So it's like, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> when is it supposed to be released? When is it supposed to come on out, the, I guess? On the 20th. So early okay. access starts on the 15th. And then the game technically is open to everybody at the 20th. All right. So it's soon. Yeah, no kidding. And I blocked off time on my calendar. So... Um, <laughs> Between, you know, the 15th and the 20th, it's like, do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. You get to be a beta or something like that. Sounds like you're really into it, too. So that would really help. Yeah. Well, what's super cool about it is, um, you know, I, I like there's something kind of like very, I don't know when you're in a beta like that with like this, like this group of people for a long period of time, even, you know, cause like you're all kind of thrown together for like four months or so you like kind of build this camaraderie. And I really like that aspect of it, that that part's been fun for me. So like I've decided to join most of them um, when live comes to be part of their guild. And that's so cool. That's, yeah. So it's fun. I've never, I've never really been able to do that because the, the, being able to dedicate time is really difficult for me. Like the little bit of uh, Warcraft that I was playing with my friends ended up with, you know, I could only make it half the time. And I was always the guy that'd be lowest level. And Yeah. Which didn't well, really now... bother me, but because um, <laughs> I didn't mind rushing in there and dying. I was a, <laughs> I was a tank after all. <laughs> but um, it was still kind of hard. Yeah. Just Just coordinating. Yeah, for sure. So you were always pulling the, the Leroy Jenkins. Is that was what was going on? No, well, not to get into it, but I was playing. Uh, we were undead, and I was playing a zombie tank. And the way that they work is they get rage, and then that's when you can do your special abilities, uh, or they you do more damage when you have full rage. So you kind of always want to be fighting. And and that's fine, but the problem is when you end up with a bunch of mana people. Uh so they do all their stuff, and then when the fight's over, that's when I need to rush into the next one. Like, let's sure. get to that next room so I can use this before I run out of rage. But they're like, hold on. And so they all sit, and they literally have the animations where they sit down and drink their mouth. Oh, yeah. And I'm like kind of nervously dancing, just waiting, you know? Yeah. And, you know, by the time they're done, my guy's rage is all gone. And it, <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting and frustrating, but... I had a hard time leveling. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, should we talk about the uh, the IGDA meeting? Um, yeah, we should talk about November's presentation, the three presentations. So I was actually really excited for Chris's presentation. Chris, had uh, he's making a game called Imagine Me, and he had funded his game with Kickstarter. So he had a lot of interesting things to say about it. Um, he managed to raise $5,000 and get his game funded. So, And I'm thinking about like some Kickstarter stuff. I've been thinking about it. It definitely looks like a lot of work, and he kind of confirms that. Right, yeah. As it should be, right? I mean, you shouldn't get money for free. You have to right. definitely inspire people and have something to offer, and et cetera. So this was interesting. He thought it was really important that he put his uh, game design, develop game. Design document. game document, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, um, I thought that was interesting that he just put it, especially considering later he said that he was working with publishers, and I was surprised that the publishers would let him do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on, on how that works or whatever. But I mean, I didn't think it was necessarily a big deal he put it out there. It's it's sort of different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, the weird thing about it to me is that somebody else reading it, it's really hard to find the inspiration of it. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many game design documents you've ever, say, written or read, but at least the ones I have read, and maybe that's just because of the schooling I had. Um, many that I had read never seemed very... Um, it was really hard to find the the reason you'd like it so much. Mm. Mm. Like, has anybody, have you ever read the Doom design document? No. It's no. like, it's brilliant. It's fat. It's, it's long. It's huge story and characters and all this stuff that doesn't exist in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's qu- quite interesting. Anyway, so I thought that was an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting thing. So, Jackie, you don't think that, like, from a publisher standpoint, you don't think that they'd want you to put something like that out there? No, generally, like, because, like, all the stuff they make you sign in terms of, you know, and especially, like, a lot of their NDAs have the, uh, well, we could have been working on that, like, you know, while you were working on that. And so that could have totally been our idea. And, um, you know, by putting your game design document out there, it's like, yeah. Right. Well, I definitely would say it doesn't work in the case of larger, you know, game companies and stuff. In the in the case of a you know single dude making a game for five grand, I I guess right. it all depends I on mean, the publisher. It's probably yeah. not that. It's probably not you know, but still. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I know that in the case like uh, what was it? Um, so I made the short films that I've made it was that way. Is that the fact that I put I was in a festival made it uneligible for specific stuff because they wanted to control that and i'm like dang like you're supposed to put them in festivals to get noticed and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know i didn't know you're not supposed to put them there because you'd be uptight about it that's that 50 people saw my movie already <laughs> but yeah. anyway so what'd you guys think you know I, I liked it and i think i think that one of the reasons he succeeded and i which i think will probably makes Kickstarter work so well for certain people is that he found his niche and he was essentially exporting his personality in, yes. in a good, in a good way. Um, cause he, you know, he said he was very open about stuff and he, you know, he was, he was chatting with all the people that he was with, um, that were, you know, maybe wanted to donate stuff. And so I think that's another reason why him putting out his game design document worked, uh, for him and for that particular project. But I, I think a lot of people were probably inspired by his personality and his openness and, um, so I think that's a good point. Like it, that was almost, it's, it's not a gimmick cause it, he wasn't gimmickizing it, but I right. think that that's partially what sold the whole game is, is him. And yeah, he I was think definitely genuine. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. People definitely know when he, people are disingenuous, like for sure, you know, um, which is, we'll get to that a little bit with the regards to Aaron's presentation i have something good about that but yeah he was he was definitely genuine and i like i wanted to give him five bucks i was like dude you're cool (laughs) you could really tell he was into it right yeah i mean he he was yeah the passion when people are passionate about stuff it's really infectious right and that that definitely worked for him and he did i mean it 
did sound like it was a lot of work. Um, I will say that I, I should have let in with it, but um, the best thing about it is that he came to us. I mean, he, he did this and then he contacted, hmm. he, he yeah. found the Twin Cities, you know, IGDA and he's like, hey, I had this interesting experience. Would, would your group be interested in hearing it? And Yeah, that was really cool. That's that. I love that. I'm like, totally. This is perfect timing, too, because... Yeah, because he's and well, and I mean, he's new to the Twin Cities, and I mean, I guess that speaks to like his personality too. You know, it's like he's new to the community, and you know, what better way to like introduce himself to the community by like sharing what he knows? Sure. And I mean, that's and it's you know, it's consistent like with his behavior with his Kickstarter projects. Like, I'm gonna share my game design document. So yeah, um, that's very cool. Yeah, he did a good job. Um... Unlike me, who joins the community and like, I'm not telling you anything about what I'm working. <laughs> it's all my secret. <laughs> and, and anybody listening too should should check out the video because um, he also gives some good tips, like almost you know, essentially a post mortem on what worked for him advertising wise, what venues, for example, uh, Reddit or Facebook or different ways to approach it, and how he would approach it if he did it, had to do it all over again. There's a lot that's very much worth seeing yeah i even if you're not even doing a kickstarter project just if you're thinking about um marketing your game i think you could glean some nuggets from his presentation so definitely Yep. yeah i believe we'll be doing our kickstarter project probably in january so Mm. cool i didn't know you were gonna do one so that's neat yeah we're gonna do one yeah i've been thinking about doing one for the the Minotron, but it, it's so overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, got... I mean, it is something that we're doing a lot of planning on. So, like, yeah. you know, Stephanie Stout, who is helping me with some of the marketing stuff, like, she and I, you know, we're having several meetings. We've got a spreadsheet. Like, you know, we've, like, this plan of attack, and we're trying to, you know, time it with some press that right, will be exactly. happening in the early part of next year. And, you know, because we want it to succeed. So, I mean, it, it, it it is it's it is like marketing anything else you know um mm-hmm. but you know the money that you get from kickstarter i mean it it's not like it's equity you know that you're giving away it it sits on your books as income and so you know nothing's for free you got to sell something yep. <laughs> and you got to give a you know a percentage of that to kickstarter as well and yeah yeah it was oh uh one interesting thing about what chris had done is is how he had used um advertising and stuff and you know i mean obviously you got to play on your your networks and your you know friends and family or whatever but um you know and be social and get it out there but he also tried some stuff with with uh facebook ads and did he advertise on reddit or did he just post on reddit because he had said that reddit was one of his most successful i uh, thought he said he advertised on it yeah he it, he advertised on Reddit, but for some reason he'd gotten like a really good deal, and I don't remember the uh, the details of oh, that. But it was yeah. it was like some kind of so he he ended up getting re- like a really good deal on his Reddit ads. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean he he succeeded. He did well. He made you know a little bit over his his mark even. So I mean, I'm excited to see what he says when he uh, completes his game and comes back because he said he would, and I'm gonna hold him to it. <laughs> well, all right. I'm just gonna stalk him on Twitter, and when he finishes, I'm gonna <laughs> tell him it's time to come back. Hopefully, he'll come to the the, the social. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. very cool. Because I will, 
unless I'm sick or something, I'll be there. All right. Um, the the next presentation, I know I had done the uh, sort of the reason why Damien and David had done their presentation, but I I didn't say what it was about. Um, Damien he had done a presentation at GDC last year regarding the sound footsteps, mm-hmm. the movement footsteps, which you know out of all the IGDA um, videos on YouTube, that's the most popular one. Mm. Um, and that's probably because of Damien and his social networking and stuff. But um, they did a their presentation this 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 month was a short like segment of uh, what did they call it the sound of tires in video games? Yeah, cars so, and tires. Yeah. Yep. So they did like oh, which I thought was really interesting. Like sound is. I even asked um, a question that, that I think I asked on the podcast about like, where do you record versus where do you put the sound in the 3d world and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did the, the tires through some video games and the, the physics of it. And, you know, like how does a tire actually make the noise that it makes? And yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. And you no, know, obviously as the audio bloke, I was kind of rather riveted by it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what one cool thing that Damien usually does in, in those presentations is he'll, show you kind of a compilation of where we started and then where we where we've come and so it's amazing to see how much work and love is is put into these games to get them to sound the way they do and uh yeah it, i mean it's stuff i wouldn't even think about actually um yeah it's putting in the game. it's it's one of those like the sound generally is one of those things that's overlooked a lot like it's rare well, you that take it, it for granted. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it means a lot. And and a lot of games, you know, they'll talk about the graphics or the rendering or da 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 da. And oftentimes the sound is an afterthought or whatever, if it's mentioned at all, you know. Yeah, I, well, and it's such a big part of immersion. Like so, um, for ex- in the Old Republic, in as a scoundrel, you punch people. Like you get two abilities that are like punches. And it doesn't matter what you punch, it makes the same sound. So you can uh, punch a person or a droid, and it mm-hmm. sounds like you're punching meat. Like, it's like <laughs> a meat bag, right? So it's like, it, it, it kind of like, you're like, well, are you going to fix this at some point? You know, like, <laughs> because it sounds kind of weird that, you know, yeah, 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 my fist would make the same noise punching, you know, a turret and punching a person and punching a beast and punching a droid would all be the same punching sound. Yep. Well, I mean, if you, sh- you know, you shoot water or shoot brick or shoot wood, it should sound different. And makes sense right. in that case too. Yep. It's almost surprising they didn't do it and maybe they will. And it's one of those things that I'm sure will be fixed at some point, but it's probably not the highest priority item for them right now. It's one of the weirdest things about sound is that you you rarely notice it when it's done really well. You mostly notice it when it's done really poorly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially terrible footsteps. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the uh, in Minecraft the sound is really annoying. So <laughs> there's this one game that I I, I did like a, a sound effect for a long time ago, uh, just one, <laughs> and. <laughs> The, uh, the the footsteps in that game were so awful. It was they had two footsteps, whether you're a guy or a girl, exact the same footstep. And I was like, tick, 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 tick. and it was really loud, and you couldn't turn it off. Oh. They, did have a, they did have a different uh, sound effect for um, for water, 
but they forgot to put in the second foot. So you'd be running on grass and be like, so one of your feet was missing. So like, as an audio guy, it would drove me nuts every time. Like, where's my other foot? Am I floating? You know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, but it would it would drive me nuts. Yeah. And I emailed them, and I'm like, seriously, you're missing a foot in the water, and there's lots of water. You're running through water. Are you skipping? What's uh... okay? Anyway, rant over. Awesome. Yeah, this sort of stuff. I'm so bad at sound. Oh, I should say though that I'm actually making a sound manager for our Unity stuff at work. That's what I was working on today. Oh, nice. Ooh. Yeah. So I was playing around with like just observing the stereo and the and the Doppler shifting and stuff. So that like from it, I like the programming part of it. <laughs> <laughs> the audio of it is a little bit uh, I don't have the ear for it just not I'm really bad I, I would confuse a violin and a guitar I think you're just unpracticed that's all yeah probably it's not what gets me going so so then the last presentation yes Aaron our best presenter ever because he brought his own beer to share with everybody <laughs> that's right I should I should have mailed you a beer Jackie, when you were watching the video. You well, I was following that on Twitter and people were talking about the beer. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> like, next time I present, I'm going to bring beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, you know, it's probably not the right time to ask, but I've been wondering, like, if we shouldn't not charge, but take, you know, a dollar donation at meetings or something for that sort of thing. I don't know. Beer fund? I don't know. Not well, a beer not fund necessarily, but... Uh, not everybody drinks beer, you know. Right, or a so. certain kind of beer. But, I mean, they had sodas and stuff, too. Anyway, we could right. see if we could get sponsored by Schlitz. Oh, <laughs> wicked. <laughs> <laughs> 40 all around. That would be great. Um, Best IGDA chapter ever. <laughs> so, there was like 10 kinds of beer and... <laughs> Spend more time talking about the beer. Well, he'd give you like the first beer, and then the second beer you'd get about three quarters of it, but you didn't have quite enough money to buy the full beer. So if you'd wait, <laughs> they'd fill the beer up a little bit. Screaming beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, your first glass is free. The second glass has a whole yeah. top. <laughs> you gotta tell your friends. That would explain like why there was so many tweets about it, like about the free beer, because they're trying yeah. to get more people there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you sign up a friend for, you get a free beer. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was one of our biggest turnouts. There was seventy people there, or close to it. It was hard to count. I yeah, get... it's, yeah. I'm so sad I missed that meeting. But so, yep. Oh, I suppose yeah, say so, what so he presented. His, yeah. So his presentation was not just about beer, right? <laughs> well, he had wine too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it was the title. The title of his presentation was uh, "Game Design for Free to Play on Mobile." So, um, let's see. He Aaron works at. Um, I'm kind of spacing it here. Uh, W3I Recharge Studios. Is that what it's called? Yeah, which is part of W3I. Sure. Yeah. And so they specialize in making games freemium. Is that right? Well, they specialize like a... in like marketing and publishing. Um, mobile games so <coughs> that's right, really so they, yeah so they, they don't really make the games there no. um, but they they publish and market them 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounded more like you'd um, sort of work with them to help them and they'd help you make your game more. Right. Smart. So yeah. they had a, they had like a $7 million fund recharge studios did. And now um, actually just like in the last couple of days, they announced that it's now $10 million. So they, mm-hmm. they have a fund to fund mobile game developers. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's pretty similar to like the, you know, your your old school publishing model in that you have like a, you know, the publisher funds the developer kind of thing, but it's mobile, not traditional publishing. Okay. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty interesting uh, presentation. I mean, you, you did some comparison of the, like how games used to be and, and how games are now with the freemium model where you get the game for free, but you end up probably buying something if you wanted to, to, you know, make it somewhere. Right. How, however you feel about that, good or bad, because there's, you know, games that are all over the place in, in that spectrum. But And there's some studios that are really just pouncing on that formula, I've really noticed. Like, if you go through, the, like, the market, um, uh, especially the, the whole freemium model, and some of them have different balancing like ways to get you to pay and some of them some of them they're really just trying to sell you on the charm of the game and other ones are really trying to almost sort of underhandedly make you end up having to pay to to keep going in the game even though they're saying it's free but it was interesting because he did a breakdown of all the different sort of freemium models are because there's like the gated content where you download it for free you can play a little bit but you can't go any further mm-hmm. um, or there's the one that ones that they make it really really hard really quick so if you want to go anywhere and you don't want to just, you know, spend forever grinding, then you're going to have to pay. Or there's ones that are just are just um, straight up for like cosmetic changes is, is what you'll pay. So you can play the full, the full game, and if you just want to look different, then you can pay for cosmetic stuff. Yeah, you know, it would it would be interesting to see a breakdown of what ends up being the most uh, profitable. Well, yeah, in in comparison to like what. It would be. I mean, it's hard to compare because the games are all probably set up so that they work the way they work. So it's be hard to compare them. But right. Well, I mean, there's so many different variants of the freemium model. I, I tend to always kind of lean towards the focus of like the the Farmvilles and and you know Zookeeper or whatever they're called. The the games that are really you know they're really focused on that addiction loop with that mm-hmm. timing and stuff, and they're almost true. They, those those games I I'm bothered by because they're not <laughs> games. They kind of they feel like work. <laughs> sure, right? You know the fun of it is is debatable. I mean, it, it, people can enjoy what they enjoy, but sometimes it feels like they're tricked into it. Mm-hmm. But um, I I don't necessarily think that that um the games that the Recharge Studios is working on does that, or um, like comparison to Zynga's game models or whatever. But I want to make that distinction that. Freemium can be anything from like the first level's free, and then you just if you want to pay more, you pay for the next level, which is is something we're considering for uh, me and and battery powered games, or I should say he's doing, and I'm just on board with it. But but I did like that they called them um, compulsion loops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that term of of that. And actually, I just for kicks, I kind of ended up downloading quite a few of them, uh, just kind of random games like that, and seeing how they worked. Like what? Um, 
Uh, well, you know, there's a whole bunch of like pets, those kind of games. Sure, yeah, yeah. And they're all exactly the same game, yeah, but they're basically the... retextured. It's that that's which, which is kind of amazing. But yeah, so th- there's no real iteration. It's just the same. I guess that's what's kind of bugging me. But then again, you know, they're they're making an honest living. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the 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 debate comes down to, you know, is it moral or not? Well, I mean, it depends people... on the game too, so. Right. Um gosh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah, it's it, it and I don't want to push that there cuz leaning it towards, you know, moral grounds or whatever, but Well, I... actually, you know, outside of outside of the moral argument, um one of the things that keeps c- cropping up, well there's there's two recurrent themes that I've noticed. One then this was especially noticeable at the leadership forum because at this year at the leadership forum you had people like um you know the League of Legends guys right games and they're they're not from the game industry right they've they're from outside and they've had recent success in the last like four or five years um and they've created a really successful studio with a completely different model. And then you have your, you know, Brenda Brathwaite, John Romero, who are like, you know, we're, we've created a new social game studio that's run by game designers and, you know, we're game designers and only game designers should ever make games kind of thing. Yeah. And, and then you have like your, your other, (laughs) like, kind of in between where, you know, there's different models like mobile and social games um, where it's, you know, more metrics focused. So you've got like these three different kinds of things going on. And, and, and the talk is always like, there's only room for one of these things. Yeah. I hate that. There's, that's not true at all. And that's so not true. Like, you know, yeah, you know, like you may lose a little bit of market share here or there, but it's not like the whole world is going to go to freemium and that's, you know, everyone's going to play my pets or something. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that's not what's going to happen. I mean, there's just too much diversity right. among people. And even in the research that I've done among our customer panels and stuff, it's like people are willing to pay money for a good game. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's not, the, the issue isn't that they cost money. The issue is that they don't like the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be the case for free or or not, you know? Right. Well, it's like saying that, no, we're not going to make Water for Elephants the movie because it doesn't have any superheroes in it. <laughs> it's not based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. It's based on a real book and nobody reads those. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who who has time to read books? You know, just as a side note, I used to work with this guy way back. Like, this is one of my first jobs. And he was a sales guy. And at the time, I was the web... Like, you know, when you actually had webmasters? Like, right, right, right. I was, I was a webmaster. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Who hasn't been? <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Anyways. Um, but this guy's telling me that, you know, he's done with books. Like, he won't... <laughs> You know, if it's not a movie, he doesn't need to know about it. Like, he's, he literally said to me, he's done with books. And I was just like, 
I think we're done talking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> yeah, you he, the, you're missing out then. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, fine. I, we have nothing <laughs> else to discuss. <laughs> because it hasn't been made into a movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boy, it's funny how talking about freemium can end up in the something like that. <laughs> but anyways, that was the total total segue. But yeah, um, I, you know, I don't have a problem with with freemium. You know, and the other thing is like, you know, one of the problems with freemium is you know just a small percentage of your players. And granted, it's you know a volume versus um, value kind of proposition. Um, but that that loop burns out pretty fast like yeah. you know you don't have the ongoing retention like people burn out on the game and quit like so you know yes it's inexpensive to creep creating small games but after a while a large group of those people are not going to want to play those games anymore they're right, going to want exactly. something else and i think that's part of where the industry is has like this big blind spot it's like what's between freemium and you know triple a <laughs> right Ooh. well i wonder if there yeah. could be some like analogy towards like say the shooter genre right so like a lot of people would say that the shooter genre is, is played out but yet there's still there's so many that still come out and not a lot of them to you know great success or whatever but there are those few that are just big right well and i mean they have you know they have all the branding behind them right like when you're thinking of like um Battlefield and Call of Duty and yep. um I mean that's years and years invested and millions and millions of dollars invested in marketing and branding those games. And I mean Right, but I'm wondering if like, you know, this freemium model that that maybe that maybe I'm thinking more of the worst freemium model where it's exploiting people more so than a game. Where that eventually, you know, there's only the ones that are really kind of successful and then everything else kind of mercs together in this thing where, oh, I've played that before, but it was called something else or it was wrapped mm. with a different skin to the point where it's not as attractive. You know, it's like the market gets so full, like, you know, the first people on iPhone when the iPhone came out with apps and game development, they did really well. And then pretty soon, you know, it became you put more time in to the than the money you got out unless you had a good game. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I think that freemium is a wonderful model um, for game developers or app developers just in general from on whatever platform. Um, and I'm hoping that, that well, like you say, that... Well, freemium is a way to get your stuff in front of a lot of people really fast. Right. Well, I, like, I love ad-supported. I think freemium model is a good model, too, because it lets you try stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've, I've played a number of games that are obviously they intend me to go spend five bucks on you know, whatever their pretend coin is or energy drinks that I can, can play more than 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm too cheap. I won't do it. But I get, you know, pretty, I get the experience I want out of it. And I, I like that. And I know that there are people out there that, that will pay and they're essentially funding my enjoyment. <laughs> but, but do you think, do you think if that, and it's something I've noticed from a lot of those free to play ones is that they, I think they do a good job of, making it interesting up to a point up to where you're about to pay and as soon as you pay it seems like the gameplay stops like and they're like all right we got their money we we got them to the point where they were interested enough in the game that we got their money and now we're just gonna repeat this cycle and there's nothing new gonna happen in the game do you guys notice that at all 
Yeah, well, I read this article on the, and it's focusing on the the certain kinds of games where the if you were to plot it, like your first moments you spend in that game are the ones where you're doing the most with what you have. Uh, so say you right. have a coin, right? And you can buy your first extra puppy or worker or something with that coin, right? Right. That's great. You get the free coin and they make you do it. And then you you get that thing. And you're getting all this stuff right away. And then after that, it's all work. And mm, now sure. your your time versus, you know, your time in there versus what you get out is always down. So even if you're getting more, you're up to the point where you have 50,000 coins, which seems sure. ridiculous compared to what you started with. Sure, yeah. But you need 5 million in order to right. get that next thing. And it just keeps getting, you know, building up in these crazy, you know, and and if you actually look like the, the or not look, but the way that they design it is so that it always gets, the gap gets further and further, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Which isn't all that different actually to leveling your character or something like that. But but the, usually in in, in uh, more traditional games with, with grinds, there's usually a story involved. So it even if you're not that big of a fan of grinding, which I'm not, if there's a good enough story, I'll, I'm willing to grind a little bit to, you know, figure out what the story is going to be. Yeah. But that, that that would be my main problem with a lot of these a lot of those games like this is that okay there's why am i doing this what's the I, reward I actually, other than leveling up right i actually really like the grind in games if they're good games i i don't mind just wandering around and beating stuff up and trying different stuff that's part of the fun in fact most of the times i'll end up doing that to the point where i ruin the game i don't want to go <laughs> i don't want to go to the missions anymore because i've to a point you know leveled up too much or something and and now i'm bored that's i should have just been going through the game instead but so i I don't know but it's interesting yeah i'm glad you're gonna say i'm glad that it's there i was gonna talk about this game i played on xbox live called dlc um, (laughs) adventure (laughs) yeah that's funny and so it's literally a a little rpg where in order to in order to jump you have to buy it and you have to buy a jump yeah, so literally you start the game and you can only move right. You can't move left. <laughs> and so you know, if you want to move left or jump, you have to buy that the add-on that's jumping. And, <laughs> and if you want to hear sounds when you jump, you have to buy the sound pack. And like, like it's in the game, though. Like you're buying it in the game. You're not actually paying extra. No, the joke is you're paying for it with in-game dollar. It's literally sure. a, a 99-cent app on the indie market on Xbox. Yeah. And they call it DLC Adventure or whatever it was. I can't remember. Gotcha. But it was just, it was very comical because you can buy the the sexy clothes pack and <laughs> horse armor. And, you know, it's just like there's a zombie add-on you can get. And the description of it is literally, um, uh, we this doesn't really fit our game, but the publishers say it'll make us millions. So here you oh. go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, totally different, like. Uh, model there. What what do you call that model where you just sell your game for ninety nine cents? What do you what is that model called called compared to you know what freemium is? People know what freemium is. Ad supported freemium, and then what would you call like you sell your game for ninety nine cents? Is that just retail the retail model? Yeah, but it's um like a discounted retail model. So with that, lead into discussion of next month. I'm excited. I, I always like the social events. So what happens often in December is things get crazy and, and you know, with all the Thanksgiving to Christmas and or holidays, I should say, um, 
the the last three or four years, we just end up with a social for the month. So instead of a normal presentation, we meet somewhere and have drinks and you know play video games and and you know whatever we can coordinate. So this year it's at the Chatterbox Pub again. And yes. So if you guys haven't been there, it's a really great place. They have they have like Nintendo games that you can rent and play there, which is just really cool. Uh, so it's a really cool vibe. And Zach. He's the uh, president of our IGDA chapter. Usually brings some sort of strange device there, gaming-related, of course. And so it's always interesting to see what he's going to show up with. So if yep. nothing else, that is a reason to be there. So yeah, this, this year he was. we were talking about that. He feels a little light on that. I told him to bring his 3DS, and he's like, nobody cares about the 3DS. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, we're all curious about it, so somebody might want to see it. It is actually really cool, some of the, um, like, the augmented reality apps that it, that it has. Yeah. He, Those that, are really worth yeah. checking out. He has brought them to other stuff we've done at the Chatterbox. Back when we were doing the, like, monthly socials as well. Ah, uh, yes. And we that right. sort of dropped. We just yeah. need to get somebody on that that can actually have time to coordinate better than we yeah. do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... He's going to bring, there's always going to be Rock Band, because Rock Band's generally, you know, well-liked by people. Um, less in recent years, but um, that'll be there. Probably have a Connect. Um, I'm bringing my arcade and my... Heck yeah, heck and, yeah. And my MAME setup. So if all goes well, we'll be playing um, Custer's Revenge all night. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some, um, oh my gosh, I... I have a Criss Cross game. Remember the band, band Criss Cross? Yeah. yeah. They, have a, they have a game? They had an arcade game, yeah. It, was, oh, wow. it actually might have been like a Sega CD or something. But yeah, there was oh. like a... It, there, okay, it was hilarious because there's the Marky Mark game. and <laughs> That's already funny. An NXS <laughs> game. Oh, wow. Right? Remember NXS? Heck yep. Yeah. And Criss Cross. Like these video wow. games and the, the colors, there's like, you know, the six color graphics from their album covers and it's, it's interesting. Oh, so that's crazy. Just to see it. Yeah. It's definitely nostalgic to check out like this MAME thing that I've got, which is, you know, I'm sure most people know what MAME is, but I've got a lot of games now I found. No, I don't have them. Okay. So that's that. Social media, social gathering. There will be beer. It's out of. At the Chatterbox, so they have some pretty good. They they brew their own, so and feel free to bring your friends, bring your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Yep, hopefully everybody's we'll, welcome. Hopefully, we'll have the podcast out before the meeting. <laughs> yeah, and if we don't, we won't. But no, we uh, it it'll be out. It'll be posted. Um, one other thing. Uh, actually, a couple things. So the after the meeting last month, we went to the bar and um. I have to mention this because it was awesome. Uh, Martin Gritter brought, um, he had just purchased the Tetris card game. Oh. And so you can play Tetris, yeah, and card game. And so we ended up sitting at the end of the bar, four of us playing this Tetris card game. Me and I was one of those lucky people. And the game itself actually was pretty bad. It, it, <laughs> wasn't, it was not very good. So we spent most of the of the time at the bar actually discussing ways in which we could mod the game <laughs> and then make try it better. Them. Yeah. To make it better. And that was fun. Like 
that was just like, oh, try this. And then, oh, I think that breaks it. Oh, I think it works. And I'm like, well, no, it breaks it because of this. And he's like, oh, that's true. But then if you don't do it, it'll do this. And it's really <laughs> interesting from like a design standpoint. So yeah, oh, I bet I, I like that. Um, so that's one, you know, one of the examples of a good reason to come to the bar afterwards, Tori. Well, you know, once, 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 uh, my hours aren't so zany, I'll, I'll be back in force because I always have a good time when I'm there. Yeah, it's, it is a good time. And my only complaint as of late is that too many people go, which as I've said before, is not a, is not a bad thing. Not a really valid complaint. Nope. (laughs) Too many damn kids these days. So, um, another thing that happened is, is that, uh, we, we were talking about, like we, I, I had mentioned in the podcast how, previous podcast, how a number of us actually had met up online on Xbox and we were playing in Gears of War. And, um, one of the people at the bar had mentioned like, that was a lot of fun. We should do that again. And we started talking about coordinating and, and Tori, I don't know if you remember, but it's some, some years ago, we had tried a little something with the group, like trying to coordinate, like let's play some games together. Do you remember I that? If, I don't know. I don't think I must've been part of the group at the time. Um, yeah, it was two years ago cause I found it, but <clears throat> so I made a survey and we ended up with a spreadsheet online where you shared your gamer tags and all this stuff with people. And the hope was that we could like come up with something. And it, it, back then the group was a lot smaller and, you know, and I, it, it didn't, it didn't go anywhere, but, um, Ryan Schaefer is his name. He's actually the same. He's the, the, the I don't want to call him a kid, but I'm gonna, cause he's a lot younger than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he volunteered to like try to, take it over and and drum it up a little bit so he he actually uh posted a thing on the mailing list about it so that's coming together and oh very cool hopefully get some people um connected with steam and you know just a a way to whatever so i might actually end up playing terrarium with them tonight so i guess he's got a couple people already oh nice so hopefully, you know, look into that. Um, I know I had mentioned that we have a Xbox gamer tag that we share, and that's just, it's called IGDATC. It's just a gamer tag out there that if you're friends with it then, and other people are friends with it, they can see that you're friends with it. And, you know, so that's one way. Um, and sure, it's actually, sure. I think, one of the faults that I had before, because when I was focusing on the social thing, I didn't have a Steam account at the time, so I was focusing oh, gotcha. on Xbox, and I think that was part of the reason. I thought more people played Xbox. But I think that if you were to really look, it's probably a more Steam-heavy group. I th- yeah, I think you know, I think you're right for developers, and it's just easier to, to keep yeah, track like of people with a, yeah. with, with a keyboard. I, I mean, a lot more people play console games, but for developers, you're you're probably right. It just a lot of a lot gets developed somehow on a PC somehow before it's sent over. I don't know. Yeah, and now that <laughs> it's funny because I was talking chatting with somebody else today about Steam and. And um, they were asking, basically, because I tweeted today that I bought Terrarium, which is kind of like a 2D Minecraft, I guess. Mm. And I know that some of the, a couple of the people from the group are really into it. It's on sale today. Oh, gotcha. For like two and a half bucks. And that's one of the good things about Steam, right, is that you can get your stuff. And like I mentioned with the Humble Bundles, is that you can buy your games and then jam them on your Humble Bundle and you don't really ever lose them then. Sure. Um, Regardless if you ever play them. Right. Yep. Yep. Which is apparently the model I'm into. I'm in. The, <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm going to collect it, but never play it, kind of thing. But 
you know what? You are funding game developers in that in that sense. So oh right, I feel all good, good about it. Yep. So even like Terrarium, they had it on sale. I I bought four copies. Um, oh, cool. Because because that cool. was part of their bundle. So um, I'm like, oh heck yeah, you know. So anyway, that's the the gamer group. Hopefully that because um, it was really fun playing uh, Gears with them and. You know, it, it would be nice, and and it's me, you know, it'd be really nice if it was more dynamic, like you see your buddy is in whatever game, and you know it can be co-op, and then you're like, hey, let's play, right, or whatever. But, um, you know, that's fine, but connecting with them and also, like, some scheduled events is what I'm interested in, and hopefully that can happen with something, because then I can actually plan for it, because my gaming time is hard to find sometimes. Yeah, no, Absolutely. So with that, do you should we should we wrap it, Tori? I think we got sure. a pretty long podcast, so yeah, I think that well, all our our topic ideas kind of got filtered right into our discussions as we went. So absolutely, yeah. Well, hey, it's been great uh, great chatting with you, and thanks everybody for listening. And uh, yeah, any other announcements we have, or is that about it? Um, well, other than you can find us on the website, um, IGDA tc.org is the best way um twitter and facebook i mean if you want to find us you're going to find us right (laughs) (laughs) right if you've listened this far and you're wondering where you can find more (laughs) i I, you know if if this is what you need in order to get to the website is is me (laughs) saying the, the address i think that yeah, no, I don't have anything in closing. It always feels like I should have some like witty remark or something to close it out in some fun way. It's like we need like a like a good a good video game joke or a, or a, you know maybe I should work on that. Like all your base are belong to us or something like that. Yeah, you know, like a dance off <laughs> or something. I can't, you know, I'm trying to think of. I don't never think about it until it's time for me to say good night or goodbye. Good morning. <laughs> I'll, I'll.